Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, Karina Rachel. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Rachel, and I'm joined today by Dr. Tanisha Wards. She's a doctor of chiropractic with a background in applied kinesiology, functional nutrition, and acupuncture. Thank you so much for joining me on the program. Thank you for having me. So it sounds like one of the most common things that you see is fatigue trouble sleeping. And I have to tell you, this is something that we have also seen <laughs> incredibly prevalent um, on our YouTube channel and just the people that I know, honestly. Um, so I was hoping you could speak a little to how people can improve their sleep. Um, and then maybe in the second half, we can delve into like chronic fatigue issues and people that are maybe not just having trouble sleeping at night, but have had like a chronic fatigue situation for an ongoing time. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the reasons, one of the big reasons people seek holistic wellness care or, you know, kind of more natural um, treatments is for fatigue. That's probably the number one thing we see walk through the door is fatigue. Wow. And it, it makes sense in the life that we're living today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're constantly having stuff come at us, whether it's on screens or phone calls or, you know, texts and just everything. Children, spouses, jobs, mortgages, right? All of it. So right. I, I think the bigger part of it is, the is you know, we're running 90 miles per hour, you know, mm-hmm. redlining it all the time. And our bodies are just like, I can only do so much. Mm. I think that's a big big part of it, I think um, it's stressing our adrenal glands. You know, finding the core root cause of why your fatigue is the biggest thing to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes it is an endocrine imbalance or a hormonal imbalance, but you know, how did we get there? Right. Sometimes it's an infection, sometimes it's a toxicity of something. Wow. So our goal is to figure out what it is, give the body what it needs, take away what the body has too much of, can't do anything with, and let the body balance. But but a, a big one is, is you know, fatigue. I, I, I can't tell you how many people are probably living off caffeine. Mm-hmm. And then drinking wine at night to sedate them. Right. You know, so we have this wired and tired, right? I'm exhausted. I can't get up during the day and get going. It's 7 o'clock at night. I can't calm down. Right. What am I going to do? You know, so we, we have this, this conundrum that people are in. And then the bigger problem sometimes we see is people waking up at 3 a.m., but they can't get through the afternoon at 3 p.m. Like their circadian rhythms are switched. Interesting. A little bit. And I think that is a big part of, again, our lifestyle, our endocrine system not working. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to really put somebody back into balance. And sometimes we have to force that circadian rhythm. Sometimes we have to create that with natural herbs or supplements or something else until their body can do, do it themselves. Yeah. So can you maybe just uh, like uh, bird's eye view a little bit, you know, what is needed for the body to have healthy sleep? What are like the basic, uh, like bare minimums uh, for us to be able to be, you know, getting the sleep we need? Because I think most people, you know, either feel like they're not getting restful sleep or they're waking up throughout the night or maybe they're sleeping uh, what they feel is an ample amount of time, but then they just wake up and they still feel completely exhausted so and like they didn't sleep a wink. They're more fatigued than when they went to bed, right? Yeah. yeah. So we, we know that you need six hours of uninterrupted restful sleep to heal, for the body to rebuild, for you know the growth hormones to be made, for all the hormones to be made in the body, for the body to rebuild and rejuvenate itself. So six hours of uninterrupted sleep. I would say most Americans don't don't get that. Mm-hmm. They're either not going to sleep long enough or waking up. So, you know, I think the number one thing we need is a relaxed mind and a calm adrenal gland system mm-hmm. to, to go down. Like our energy should look like this in the morning and slowly kind of calm down and, and, and relax in the evening by, by nature. Where I mentioned before, we're, we're den animals. We should wake up on sunrise and go down at sunset. That's a normal circadian rhythm. And we, we have to do that to heal, mm-hmm. and, and we're not. So 
definitely some I have some natural tips and tricks that can help people heal or sleep rather mm-hmm. so that will allow them to heal um, but sometimes that's not enough you have to really right. dig in and find out what's going on what's disrupted in my body what needs to be fixed what can you know what can we change um, acupuncture is a big one for sleep I found that that really kind of calms and relaxes the mind mm. of course meditation or counting you know, if you're if you're an active-minded person or a type A personality, you, you really can't meditate very well, right? You can't just clear your mind. <laughs> so I right. tell people counting or even, like, listening to drumming. Like, shamanic drumming has been huge for some of my patients. Or, um, like, listening to a hypnosis CD. Something to keep that left brain busy, like counting alone will do it. Mm-hmm. I'll have t- patients taking a deep breath, hold it for the count of one, let it out. Try to get all the way up to ten so that you're keeping your left brain your monkey mind busy enough to kind of let the right brain relax and eventually mm. you may fall asleep kind of like counting sheep I guess right there's right. there's actually some neurology science behind that of keeping the left brain busy interesting I always wondered where that counting sheep thing <laughs> yeah, keeps, came from keeps um, the brain active yeah but that actually makes so much sense now that you explain it <laughs> we've in our practice we use GABA which is a brain chemical a neurotransmitter that is really calming to the system um, that sometimes can help we use it in a cream form or you know, um, capsule, we've used melatonin, which it used to be thought that melatonin really doesn't fix anything. It just, it's kind of like taking a sleeping pill. It's only going to work when it's in your system, but there's been some recent studies showing that melatonin can actually help reset the pituitary gland Mm. in the body, which is a huge, the pituitary gland, they call it the master gland or in yoga, they call it the third eye. It really does control everything. It's in the frontal lobe of the brain and it sends signal signals down to the thyroid to the adrenals, to the ovaries or testes, male or female. And so the pituitary gland is a huge, huge player in the whole endocrine system, circadian rhythms, as well as the adrenals themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We've used valerian root, chamomile, all kinds of things, essential oils, lavender. Those are, you know, just patch you up fixes. They're kind of, you know, they're not really much more than taking a prescription over time, right? Sometimes you can take those things to get you to sleep for a while and then you're healing other aspects of the body and it's coming back into balance. But really to overcome fatigue and insomnia, you're going to have to figure out what the heck is causing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we we miss in our society today is uncovering the core root cause of the imbalance right? versus let's just cover it up. Let's mm-hmm. just take this. Let's just right. take that. You know, let's just relax, you know, take this to sleep, take that. Mm-hmm. Progesterone also is very calming to take at night to, to help with sleep. So there's there's all kinds of different natural or synthetic, right? Everybody knows about Ambien and how that works. And, you know, you can, people like shop Amazon and Ambien and things I've like that. I've heard know? crazy stories of what people do on Ambien. Scary stories. Yeah, frightening. I mean, shopping Amazon is just a small thing, right? People drive. Yeah. leave their house. I mean, that definitely is the extreme. And then there's a lot of medications like Clonopin that are um, medications that people can't just go off of. They have to kind of wean off of the sleeping mm. pills. So so I would say a lot of the natural things are absolutely safer and absolutely you're not going to have a lot of a hangover feeling the next day. Like people say, the ambient hangover. You're not going to feel like you've been drugged, <laughs> you know, right. taking something more natural. And, and sometimes we find in practice what's working for the patient can really clue us in on why they're not sleeping. Mm. So let's say we're using something like um, rhodiola, which is an herb that really helps the adrenals balance. So, okay, if the rhodiola worked, but, you know, the um, GABA didn't, then I really think that it's an adrenal problem, not a brain chemistry problem. So mm. so sometimes we can work work backwards for that, but oftentimes let's... And let's dig in. Let's do some testing. Why are you Why are you not sleeping? Right. Can you speak a little bit about the adrenals? Um, I know we talked about this a little bit in a previous podcast about medical mysteries. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just such an important uh, important concept for people to grasp. If you can kind of touch on that again. Yeah. So you know, you talk about the adrenal glands, and people are like, I don't even know where they're at, <laughs> let alone what they do. Right. And it's and it and it's so crazy because. I mean, most of us could open up the hood of our car and be like, oh, yeah, that's the battery, that's the oil tank, that's the oil filter, or our computer. Like, that's the hard drive, that's the motherboard. And a lot of us don't even know where our organs are exactly. 
So I always like to kind of start with that because it's, I think the adrenal glands are overworked and underpaid. <laughs> like most people know where their thyroid is or their liver or their spleen, but, but the adrenals, a lot of people are like, I don't even know. They put out <laughs> adrenaline, right? And so, so they're two quarter size little glands that sit on top of the kidneys back here and they pump out adrenaline and cortisol in times of stress, which is a good thing. We want if a bear is chasing us, right. to have a whole lot of adrenaline to get away. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that is the plan. But what we're finding is when people are under stress for weeks, months, years, the adrenal glands pump out all kinds of cortisol, all kinds of adrenaline, and they're under this chronic stress state, and they go like this. And so they can be on high alert. And so some people are just wired all day, and they're just mm-hmm. not able to sleep. They can't calm down. You know those people. They talk fast. They move fast slow down. (laughs) That's kind of the first stage of adrenal stress. And then it can kind of start to change and taper where people are really tired in the morning and then they kind it kind of slowly rises. So come evening, they're still kind of amped Mm. where they were fatigued in the morning. We call those the wired and tired people. You're exhausted all day. And then come eight o'clock at night, you're like, ping. You hit like a second wind or whatever, right? And now you can't sleep. And now you're trying to get everything done, and you're up until 1, 2, 3 in the morning, and then you're exhausted, and you keep living in this feedback loop of, of exhaustion, and your circadian rhythms get switched. You think day and night is different. Some of the hardest patients I've ever worked with are people who work their shift. Yeah. Firefighters, nurses, like their bodies are just, they're confused, right? We should be up with the sun and down, and, and they don't have that option. So their whole adrenal glands just... I mean, that is a definite way to get adrenal fatigue, working yeah. a night shift somewhere. Definitely. Um, and then we get to a point where sometimes they just they, they just flatline. Or we get this afternoon dip sometimes first, and then they flat flatline. So we see this afternoon dip first of they're like, you know, I'm tired in the morning, but I'm okay, I'm okay. And then I just crash. And then 3 o'clock in the morning, you're up. You're like, ping. <laughs> they're, right. they're off total opposites. And then they typically just kind of give out. Mm-hmm. And the adrenal glands are like, I'm just not getting up anymore. And that's what we call adrenal fatigue. Wow. And so when you're at that point, you know, the thyroid will sometimes compensate and try to amp them up a little bit. And when they're stressed, the thyroid may try to slow them down. When they're exhausted, the thyroid may try to overwork and the pituitary gland will overwork. So now we're in this whole endocrine kind of storm of, out of, of wow. hormones out of balance. Mm-hmm. The right signals aren't being sent to the ovaries. Progesterone, testosterone, estrogen aren't, aren't being made properly. So now you're exhausted have insomnia and hot flashes. <laughs> you know, right. and I've, I've seen women as young as 34 or 36 coming in and their hormones were completely out of balance like and having men- pre- premenopausal symptoms. And I truly think it's because their adrenal glands were too fatigued and too stressed. Wow. Can you so talk that- a little bit more about how, because that's really fascinating to think that like we're just stressing ourselves out all the time. We are, and I think that our culture really, um, you know, it's it's just kind of created this really stressful environment where everything's like instant gratification and we need it faster yeah. and we need more and we need you to be more productive. And it's just yeah. really challenged us to like push super hard. And yeah. I think that in an, you know, in a way that work ethic and everything is super valuable, but it's like the pendulum swung too far. Yeah. To where it's like people are pounding lots of cups of coffee, all yeah. of this, and then they're just always in that like elevated adrenal state. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to think that like, oh, well, that doesn't just exist in a vacuum. Actually, these other parts of the body and other like endocrine system function is actually going to be affected by that. So then yeah. you have a thyroid issue or something that kind of like domino effects from the adrenal issue. Absolutely. The body has to compensate. So something goes down, something else has to come up to compensate. Yep. And so we'll see other diagnoses or other things come up that sometimes are, you know, we'll get put on thyroid medication that helps for a while, but we didn't really address the core issue of the adrenals. So it's not mm. going to fix anything. And, and we're still going 100 miles an hour. And so the thyroid medication is only going to take us so far for so long until right. the fatigue kicks in again. And, and to your point of we've the society we're in, I think we're addicted to busy. Yeah. Right? Like, like you almost, I'm so busy. Like you almost say it like as a pride thing. Like I'm right. so busy right now. Everything's so busy. And people are like, oh, good for you. You're so busy. And then, like, and then they're like, but you're not sleeping. You look horrible. <laughs> you have the circles and the 
hair falling out because the thyroid isn't functioning. And yeah, I, 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 I am seeing it affect the physical mm-hmm. of that. Another thing we're seeing with this fatigue is the gut lining being worn down from, you know, utilizing all the nutrients in the gut to feed the adrenal glands, which is how we get ulcers. So that's another huge, oh, wow. huge issue. So someone might come in once in a while for, well, not once in a while, pretty often actually for fatigue and insomnia. And we do some labs and we start talking to them and we're like, hmm, we can't even give you any adrenal support. We can't even give you these herbs because your gut isn't going to absorb them. Mm. We need to take a step back, heal the gut because you've, you know, been so stressed and busy that you're creating a leaky gut situation, which Mm -hmm. is one step away from ulcers in the gut that we need to, we need to heal that to even get you feeling better. Right. When that happens, sometimes I can bypass and give people adrenal support or nutrient supplement through liquid or creams or something if I think the gut's just not going to absorb it. Right. Um, to kind of get them feeling a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit more about the relationship between the thyroid and the adrenal? Because you keep kind of mentioning those. Yeah. Um, and I know that thyroid issues are really, really common. Yeah. Um, especially like hypothyroidism. And we see so many, you know, questions and comments about that. So I think it's really interesting that you're kind of drawing this relationship between those two. Yeah, I think I think a lot of adrenal fatigue issues get misdiagnosed as hypothyroidism by the time they get to most Western medicine doctors or most clinics. So the thyroid and the adrenals are, are inversely proportionate to each other. So if the adrenals are stressed and they're going really high and they're going 90 miles a minute, the thyroid comes in, whoa, 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 we got to slow your metabolism down, bring you back to homeostasis, or you're going to keel over. Wow. <laughs> you, can't, you can't live on that. I mean, you hear about stressed out people having a heart attack, right? And high leadership positions or business owners or whatever. And and so the thyroid tries to come in and say, okay, let's keep you back to normal mm-hmm. right here. But then the thyroid's working so hard that now we see the thyroid has dipped. So now we're seeing this low metabolism, this wow. hypothyroidism, you know, hair falling out, weight gain, all kinds of issues with, with hypothyroidism. So then you go to your doctor and guess what? I'm tired. Okay, let's run your thyroid. That's usually the go-to, which is not a bad place to start, but it's mm-hmm. not it's not where it should stop. It sounds like it's like looking at it with one of your eyes covered up or something. Like, Absolutely. oh, we're going to look at this problem, but we're going to just totally avoid this like other yeah, really important like piece. tunnel vision. Let's just look yeah. at one. Your tired must be thyroid. Like not even looking at iron or vitamin D or any of these other B vitamins or any of these other things that can help with energy, but just usually thyroid's the go-to. Right. Oftentimes it's just, well, go home and get some more rest. <laughs> You've got a lot going on. Which can absolutely be a big part of it too, right? You have to slow down the, your your system, just your lifestyle sometimes. But mm-hmm. but yeah, so the thyroid, you know, comes back low in the lab testing, and then somebody may get put on Synthroid, a synthetic hormone, which helps for a while. It boosts mm-hmm. the thyroid. You get a little energy. Maybe you're sleeping better, but then it it may not work for long. After three to six months, oh. you're like, oh, I need a little bit more, mm-hmm. and you need a little bit more, and that's when we know okay, you're missing something. Right. There's an adrenal problem or an underlying something. Sometimes it's in the pituitary. I haven't spoke about that much. Sometimes the pituitary is just not firing properly, so we can we can work on rebuilding the pituitary. That's been a big one too. Interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about what what goes into that? So the pituitary gland drops the follicle stimulating hormone in women, the thyroid stimulating hormone. It stimulates the thyroid to make T3 and T4. Mm. And so sometimes if there's a low thyroid, um, you know, the thyroid didn't just wake up one day and say, ah, I'm going to stop working. <laughs> I've decided I've worked too hard. I'm not keeping this person upright anymore. Right? There's something, and oftentimes it's stress or emotional traumas or something, mm-hmm. can absolutely affect the pituitary gland or the master gland. And so it's just not sending the correct signal anymore. We've also found it could be a toxicity in the system. Um, we know fluoride can affect the thyroid a lot, oh, wow. which also affects the pituitary gland. Um, the first organ or the first, I guess, gland really to hit anything that goes in our mouth is the thyroid. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that fluoride can get stuck in the thyroid. We found that can shut it down, which will shut down wow. the pituitary a bit. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth. 
where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. So if you're drinking a lot of fluorinated water, which is in most city water, Mm -hmm. some people can't detox that out properly, and so that will congest and shut down the thyroid. So that's one way that the thyroid stops working. Again, the thyroid doesn't just stop working. Something's toxic or irritating it or Mm -hmm. something's happening or it's compensating for something. Um, Other things we've seen is fillings in the body. Again, you're swallowing. It's hitting the thyroid. That can cause an issue. We know gluten can inflame the thyroid. And then when the body sees something inflamed, it does what it's supposed to do and it attacks it. Mm -hmm. So now we're dealing with an autoimmune thyroid problem, which will definitely disrupt the hormones and the adrenals and cause all kinds of issues as well. Yeah. So protecting the thyroid and knowing what we're putting in our body is so important and and detoxing. Mm -hmm. Doing a detox every year is a huge, huge way to avoid fatigue. Chinese medicine says you should really do it every change of season, so every quarter. Now, it doesn't have to be a full-on, you know, fasting, although there's a whole lot of research coming out right now about fasting for even 24 hours a day once a week and how it's curing all kinds of diseases for just fasting. It could be that. It could be raw food. It could be just really clean diet. It could be a juice Mm -hmm. cleanse, you know, lots of different things. Right. But, yeah, fasting alone, just doing a water water fast helps um, autophagy, which is, have you heard that term? Mm -mm. So autophagy is, it's kind of a new buzzword in functional medicine. It's coming out all over the place just like the last couple, six months maybe. Mm -hmm. It's the body's ability, it's the cell's ability to clean itself out. Wow. And so the analogy I like to use is, is if you're like a hoarder and there's just all this stuff in your house, you know, you can't function in it. And so the cell just gets all this junk and it can't clean it out. And we're Mm -hmm. finding that fasting will clean it out. Wow. And so that helps, you know, reset the thyroid and detox all kinds of things. Um, also, we're using an, a, a supplement called inositol, which helps clean it out as well, clean out the system, and that helps the liver and the pancreas and just reset the body as well. So all kinds of ways to do different cleanses. Sometimes just giving the liver some herbs that help cleanse mm-hmm. will help as well. So there's an interesting connection with the thyroid and the liver. In the liver is where a lot of the hormones are converted. So T4 is converted to T3, which are the thyroid hormones, mm-hmm. in the liver. So by doing cleanses and cleaning out the liver, you know, you talk, you hear people say, I did the master cleanse or a juice cleanse, and after like three days, I hit this point of enlightenment. <laughs> and that's probably because their body's making proper hormones again, and they just wow. feel really good. So I did the master cleanse. It was quite, I don't know, it was several years ago now. But yeah, I felt amazing. I was yeah. like, how do I feel so amazing drinking this thing that really doesn't taste very good? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just like was just off the walls with energy and positivity. And it was like, it was just such a crazy feeling. Junk was out. So doing something like that just once a week for 24 hours is a really, we're finding just huge for the body to heal. It just kind of, wow. it kind of resets and gives the body just kind of a clean slate almost. It just gets rid of just that short of time we're finding of course, intermittent fasting has become a big, also same thing. It allows the cells to just clean itself out. It's taken the pressure off the liver and the stomach from having to work. So it's mm-hmm. able to clean itself out, kind of purge all that junk it's been hoarding. Right. <laughs> we've been putting in it or we've been right. breathing in, right? Um, another big thing we see with fatigue and the thyroid is iodine. So iodine is in the thyroid, made in the thyroid. And we know that iodine is antifungal, antibacterial, antimicrobial. And we know that you're, you know, every seven seconds, your entire bloodstream is going through one cycle. And so every, all the blood is going through the thyroid and it's getting cleaned out of infections. Mm-hmm. So we find a lot of chronic fatigue is an underlying infection. And by, by wow. getting rid of the infection, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You know, you can't just, you can sometimes, you can't just take an anti-whatever and get rid of the infection sometimes, especially if it's a virus. Mm-hmm. You need to work on your immune system organs to increase your whole immune system to get rid of or suppress the virus. Right. 
So things that we do with that is definitely we'll look at iodine levels, we'll look at um, using acupuncture, chiropractic. We know if the brain is communicating down the spine with all the organs through the nervous system, the spleen, the thymus, all of that, it can fight viruses and, and infections better, your immune system's working better. Wow. Um, we'll look for nutrition, nutrient deficiencies. But yeah, we'll, we'll find a lot of chronic fatigue and people can be, have been tired for years and I'll go through and I'll do the history and I'll try to pinpoint, like, when is the last time you really felt good? When do you remember feeling normal? And sometimes we'll find out, oftentimes we'll see tears and people say, like, yeah. I don't remember. Oh, God. Or it's been decades. And sometimes we'll find out, you know, it was when I had that flu or it's when I had that bout where I just didn't feel good or something. And sometimes mm -hmm. we can trace this chronic fatigue mystery back to maybe mono or steam bar that they had in high school or college and maybe they didn't even know they had that and, and so I asked people oh you, you can trace it back to then were you sick around that time well yeah you know I think I had the flu did the flu last longer than a couple days or a week yeah it was like two or three weeks okay well that is something deeper mm -hmm. and we'll run tests and we'll find out that people have you know Epstein bar antibodies that they've they may have been fighting for years wow. and maybe not a full blown infection, but like here's your immune system right here and here's the virus and it's just keeping the immune system distressed. Well, that, right. that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. That stresses out all of your reserves of energy that uses all of your immune system power, stresses the gut, everything to keep that virus suppressed. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's as simple as, okay, let's pinpoint what's going on virus-wise or microbe-wise or whatever, and let's let's work on you know, right. suppressing that. Another big chronic fatigue microbe we find is um, candida mm. or fungus issues. And that's, we've traced that back to, oh yeah, I had cradle cap as a baby. <laughs> I had thrush. I've had yeast infections for years and years. Mm -hmm. They probably have systemic candida, and that's something we look at that will definitely just make you feel tired all the time. Wow. And I think, you know, when you talk about sleep, you know, it's just such a, a kind of feedback loop or whatever. Because as soon as you, you know, stop sleeping the way that you should and getting enough sleep, suddenly it's like a traffic jam in your body Yeah, all of these other functions that that are going to be delayed because the only time our body's really healing and repairing and whether it's like immune function or, you know, building muscle, you know, a lot of people yeah. that are like trying to, you know, lose weight or build muscle or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah. how much are you sleeping? Oh, well, I only sleep about three hours a night so I can get up and go to the gym. Oh. I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> like back up. Because if you're not yeah. sleeping, your body's just not going to be able to do all of those important repair functions it needs to do. And now yeah. suddenly you've got these other issues that start manifesting in other parts of the body. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it is interesting how like you, a lot of it can go back to sleep. And it's like people go for so long with sleeping problems that I think it maybe just becomes really cloudy. Yeah. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Right. Um, trying to the people are like, I can get by on four hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you really getting by? Right. <laughs> or are you just drinking a cup of uh, a pot of coffee? You know. Right. Yeah. And then yeah, what came first? I'm not sleeping. I don't need the sleep. Yeah. And they just get into this in this feedback loop, like you said. And and I tell people when they come in the office, there's two things we have to have happening for, to to get your body to heal: sleeping and pooping. <laughs> Those two <laughs> things have to happen. If they're not, we can't heal your body. That's exactly what you said. The cells rejuvenate. They rebuild. So we make hormones, that's when we build muscle, all of it. Yep, mm -hmm. sleeping is a big one. And, and yeah, again, we kind of pride ourselves on being busy and not needing a lot of sleep. Right. And so we're Oh, to burning. the extent that I, I see these, you know, videos and stuff where it's like, how oh, to get by on four hours of sleep and oh, you no. never felt so good waking up at six in the morning. And, you know, and I... Uh, I try to, you know, just tell people that, you know, bring this because I get this a lot in my health coaching and they're like, oh, hey, I watched this video that says I should only sleep four hours a night or something. I'm like, well, no. number one, just because it appears to be working for this one person 
doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And just because it appears to be working for that person doesn't mean that it's actually good for them. Right. <laughs> you know, like what's the right. uh, what's the expiration date on their <laughs> yeah. like four hours of sleep a night thing, you know? Keep following them. They may keel over soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they're not sleeping because your brain also, right, with fatigue, what comes along? Brain fog. Oh, yeah. Like the brain has to rebuild itself and rejuvenate at night. Too. You just have to turn it off to, mm-hmm. yeah, to function the next right. day. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about coffee? Yeah, that's a tough one. (laughs) You know, I'm torn on coffee. So we do know that it stimulates the adrenals. Right. So if somebody has adrenal fatigue and they come into our office, I like to take them off caffeine because it is stimulatory and it's burning up more adrenaline. Like it's just pushing, Mm. it's pushing their system. 90% 90% chance that they're addicted to it. <laughs> so right. that's a tough one. But, you know, if you look at other aspects of coffee, there's antioxidants. And, mm-hmm. you know, people who do coffee enemas get amazing benefits for detoxing the liver. So, you know, it's a tough one. I, I think I'm not an extremist. I think everything in moderation, if it's okay for you at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the big big craze lately has been, like, the butter coffee. Right. And... You know, I, I what I like about that is the fat helps it absorb slower throughout the day. Mm. So you're not getting this, I, t- I had coffee, I had caffeine, woo, and then you tank. Right. Right? So I think that that's actually pretty brilliant, putting either butter or coconut oil or MCT oil in it. I think that that's a really good happy medium. Um, but if somebody's dependent on it, there's a, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bigger problem. We have to look at it. Right. And people are like, I can't think till I have my coffee. Well, yeah, the co- the caffeine is pushing adrenaline. <laughs> so then you're stressing your adrenals. Like, that's a problem. The other thing with coffee is it is acidic. It's very acidic. And so that's another thing that can cause fatigue is if your pH balance is very, very acidic in your body mm. versus being alkaline. Things that alkaline us are like greens and, you know, green leafy vegetables and certain fruits like the food that's real food coming from the vine and the plants very very alkalizing so i have a couple tips on how to alkalize coffee because cool as you can imagine that comes up all the time yeah you want me to give up my coffee yeah (laughs) to heal you know and if someone's i have them i have people test their first morning ph um and that's a good indication if you're very very acidic Mm. We want it somewhere between 6.8 and 7, and it has to be first morning having had been asleep four hours. So for some people, that's even hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but having been asleep at least four hours, 6 is best. And if it's lower than 6.8, they're too acidic. If it's higher, they're, they're alkaline. So lower, the reason why we don't want somebody acidic, there's a book out there called Alkalize or Die, kind of extreme. But there's right. a lot of trueness to it. We know that fungus, bacteria, viruses... Um, and parasites don't live well in an alkaline environment. So that if you can keep your inner terrain and your body more alkaline, you're not going to get these microbes mm-hmm. that are going to knock your immune system down. You're going to have to fight. That will cause more fatigue. But So coffee's acidic. So that there's that. So um, I have some patients mix it with chicory root when they brew it. Cool. Which is pretty um, neutralizing. So it brings it back to neutral. It's alkalizing, rather. So it brings it back to neutral. And then baking soda. I just have them put a little bit of baking soda in their coffee. And that neutralizes it so it's not as acidic. Right. So that helps. Interesting. And a couple patients I've been able to get off coffee, and they've done some of these alternatives that are made out of chicory root or um, dandelion root. One mm-hmm. of them is called Dandy Blend that People's Pharmacy carries here in town. That's coffee-like. Or I have them mix the two. Right. You know, a lot of them will, will just start doing decaf and I'm like well for you maybe it wasn't the caffeine that was the issue (laughs) you know I mean maybe it wasn't the adrenal gland issue of the the caffeine you're acidic so that you know right still happening in the caffeine free we want to actually alkalize it a little bit or you know they're doing alkaline foods throughout the day that will help offset that acidity right there's also um I've recently found this, uh, it's called Purity Coffee, but they um, really, uh, their big point is that they um, 
are really careful with like selecting the beans and making sure that there's no like mold mm-hmm. and mycotoxins on the coffee beans. And then they actually uh, roast the beans like to maximize antioxidants. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so it's it's really cool. So you look at it, it's got all these antioxidant benefits. And then they talk about how a lot of the like jittery sensations you get from coffee can actually be from like the mold. That yeah. like on the beans, so just like yes. so, I love it. I've been drinking it for a couple of weeks now, and I really love it. Where do you get it? Um, I just order it online. I'll have to look um, for it. But yeah, but I really love it, and and I've noticed it. like a difference since I started drinking it, and I f- I feel better, and I still. Um, you know, I still think that you're, you're right. There's a point where, like, you're too dependent on coffee. Yeah. Um, and so I've really been working on, like, pulling myself back. Um, but I did notice a big difference just from, like, switching to a higher quality, like, cleaner coffee. Yeah. Um, and it made me kind of start to realize now when I do, like, drink a regular coffee from somewhere, I'm just like, you can taste Interesting. that, like, it's it tastes more acidic, it tastes more bitter. And so it's just kind of interesting. And, you know, we talked in a previous podcast about, like, the processing of the wheat. Yeah. And how people can sometimes, like, eat wheat and bread products in Europe, yeah. but then they can't eat them here just because of, like, the, like, pure disgusting processing. And I thought, well, I wonder <laughs> if there's an element of that with the coffee, too. Like, you know, just by, like, having a much higher quality, like, cleaner coffee, maybe it's going to be able to, you know, not as have not have as many harsh effects. Dave Asbury with Bulletproof, the Bulletproof guy, says yeah. exactly that. Like, his his coffee doesn't have molds and fungus on it, and it's pure, more pure. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if that coffee is more alkaline. Yeah. I don't know. It definitely doesn't taste as bitter, yeah. which made me feel like maybe it's not as acidic. Yeah, um, I can do it. But yeah, you know, and I think that's an interesting thing about coffee. And, um, you know, because we'll have this perspective like, oh, I want to eat healthy. I'm going to try to eat organic or whatever. Right. But then like people are just like rolling through Dunkin' Donuts and drinking the coffee <laughs> like three or four times a day. And yeah, I just, you know, I think, yeah. I think it's a combination of, you know, the amount like I think a lot of people are just drinking too much because they are like they lack on the energy and they get that dip. Um, And then you throw in like the quality of the coffee and then you can start talking about like, well, what else do you put in it? Like if you're at Starbucks, there could be as much sugar in your coffee as a soda. You know, (laughs) yeah. If you get the frappuccino. Oh, yeah. Those ones are. That's insane. It's like 22 packets of sugar worth in some of those drinks. And I'm like, you know, it's like in my health coaching and stuff, I'll ask people, you know, do you ever add 22 packets of sugar to something? You know, just a 20-ounce Coke, I think, is like 16 packets of sugar. I'm like, have you ever added 16 packets of sugar to your tea or whatever? Like, I think people just don't. We don't know. Yeah. yeah they don't. They can't really conceive of, like, how much <laughs> yeah, know? and that will definitely that cause case. a fatigue dip, right? Like, right. they're going to go, woo, wired for about an hour. Right. And then absolutely have a crash. Right. Yeah. Ooh. And maybe that brings us to, like, another interesting point of, like, uh, blood sugar and yeah. sleep. And, you know, like, the consumption of sugar. And I think just in general, people are on, like, that blood spike absolutely. roller coaster. Absolutely. Um, and so maybe, like, does that have an effect on their ability to sleep at night? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, doing just a really thorough history and asking people all kinds of questions, what they're eating, what they're not eating, you know, sometimes we can just pinpoint people wake up. And a key question I ask people is, okay, you wake up at night. So, you know, of course, you're fatigued in the morning if you've been, if you wake up. Are you hungry or thirsty? Mm. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm hungry or I'm, th- or I'm thirsty. Okay, what do you usually reach for? Do you get water? No, I'm usually like looking for orange juice or something. Okay, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> you just had a blood sugar crash at 1 a.m. And it took you a while to get it back up for you to feel good enough to want to go back to bed. Your blood sugar tanked in the middle of the night. Mm. So a little tip for that. And sometimes this, you know, patients have come in with years of, of insomnia. I wake up every night, same time every night. That's a big key, too. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> that can be a huge, huge one. Um I'll have them just do a little bit of protein after dinner before bed. Yeah. Like so simple. A handful of nuts, a hard boiled egg, pure protein, no sugar, no carb. 
Um, turkey is a really good one, a piece of turkey, because it also has a tryptophan, which is really relaxing the mind. Mm-hmm. So just something so simple of having, you know, because we, we may eat dinner at five or six, and we may have pasta mm-hmm. or bread, and so we're having this big sugar dip. And even if we do have a late dinner, sometimes we don't go to bed till 11, 12, 1, which right. again stresses the adrenal glands. They say that one hour of sleep before midnight is equivalent to two hours of sleep after midnight in our circadian rhythms of just how restful it is. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, okay, how, how, how bad does that make you want to go to bed at nine? <laughs> you know, to just have like... I will probably go to bed at nine tonight <laughs> just from hearing you say that. <laughs> You're welcome or sorry. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. Because like going to bed at nine, like I, I have a toddler, so I get so much done before between eight thirty when she goes to bed and 11, right? Like that's a peak time. But just going to bed that early. Wow. So, yeah, if you, if you eat dinner at 6 or 7 even and you're not going to bed till 1 or 2, we wouldn't go that long in a day without eating typically. Right. So just it, and, and just giving that protein and literally like eight almonds, eight cashews, not anything. You don't have to have a meal because most people aren't wanting a meal at that time. But that will just stabilize the blood yeah. sugar. So that that's a huge one. And also the after lunch dip. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you have for lunch? That's... That's a huge one. People, I'm always so tired in the afternoon. No, I get up okay with my alarm and I can work out and get going. But after lunch, I'm just done. You know, so many people are on the go at lunch. Where are you eating? You're driving through. You're having business lunches. You're eating sandwiches or, you know, something high sugar carb and you're having this up and down. So we do a lot in our practice of um, we use some pancreatic enzymes to help Mm. with that. We've used like chromium and cinnamon and different things that can help stabilize blood sugar if they're going to have some of that. Right. Um, the higher carb stuff. Or let's change lunch. Yeah. Let's get a salad with protein. Now, the mm-hmm. salad with protein, the hidden culprit in there is the dressing. Right. <laughs> my, my husband is a chef, actually, so I know all about what can go into dressing to make it taste oh, good wow. in a restaurant. And it's usually tons of sugar. Yeah. It could be probably 16 packets like you were talking about, yeah. right? Even the vinaigrettes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. And that's why they're, you know, so good. So I'll have to talk about okay let's get the salad with protein but let's just do oil and vinegar and see if that works versus the creamy something something the podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. In a lot of cases, it's the dressing that, like, makes you able to eat the salad. And (laughs) and, And I find myself in that situation sometimes, and so I... I know that, um, you know, telling people to like, don't have dressing or like, I'll actually like sometimes carry like my own dressing with me if I know I'm going to be going out somewhere. Um, But I just tell people, you know, and if you're making dressing at home, you know, like use the, use the, the restaurant trick or whatever, sweeten it a little bit, but use something like honey or maple syrup syrup or something Mm -hmm. that actually is going to have some minerals and have some like good stuff for you as well. So it's not just like pure refined sugar. Right. Um, But that's a big, you know, I think it's a big leap for people when they are trying to transition from restaurant food because you just don't realize that like they're not accountable for how much sugar and how much sodium is in the food. So they're just like, they're probably really heavy handed with that stuff, right? Yeah. So like as people are transitioning to a healthy diet, I just kind of let them know like, hey, you may find that as you're making these healthier foods, add some honey or add some extra sea salt or whatever, yeah. because your your taste buds have gotten so used to eating these like really like hyper flavored foods. Right. Um, that, you know, it can, it, and that's why people are like, oh, it's like healthy food. It tastes so bad. And it's like, well, it doesn't taste bad. And your body does like grow to crave those foods. Uh-huh. But during that kind of transition period, when you're like shifting from a processed food diet, yes. um, I think that's like a really important thing for people to just consider. That, like, when you're eating out at a restaurant, you have no idea 
no. how much sugar or whatever or different kinds of fats they're putting in it. Um, so even if you were to, you know, make spaghetti at home or make a pizza or a burger at home, yeah. like it's already going to be so much healthier just because you're making it from totally. like natural ingredients. And then you can kind of ration how much of those things that you add you know, just enough to make it good enough for you to eat it. Yeah. Um, but by and large, it's never going to have as much sugar or salt as, you know, what you find in a restaurant. Well, they have to make it taste good, right? right? Like, they have to sell it, yeah. Um, talking about making spaghetti at home, like, there's, you can make zucchini noodles and so many things yeah. and, not, and not have to sacrifice feeling like you have noodles. Mm-hmm. A couple probably a couple years ago now I learned of miracle noodles you can just find them on Amazon and they're made out of um shiitake mushrooms I think Ooh. and and they come in like a package in water and you just drain it and just heat them up or don't and just eat them wow. and they're not they're they're <clears throat> excuse me totally keto approved not just keto friendly like cool. they're no carbs because I think they're made out of I think they're made out of mushrooms yeah wow. I'm pretty sure and they're just, they taste, they have a texture of noodle. Mm-hmm. Like you can get the angel hair, you can get the pasta noodles. Whoa, I'm going to definitely have noodles. to look that up. Yeah. So yeah. I've been doing like, huge. Uh, I've seen a lot in the store now. They'll have like pasta made out of lentils or yeah. edamame or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey, what an easy thing to switch out. But simply yeah. by having like more protein and less carbohydrate, yeah. you're doing such a big favor to like your body's mm-hmm. ability to control your blood sugar. Which is like a life or death thing. For some people, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, spaghetti squash is another one that we yeah. used a lot. But but like you were saying, the the good, the healthy food. People say it tastes bad. That's just until you train your palate, retrain your palate, mm-hmm. and get off the processed stuff because I think it's addictive. Yeah, I truly, I think sugar is more addictive for most people than nicotine. I've had people rather give up cigarettes in my practice all day long, but not sugar. Wow. They're like, nope, not happening. Because we get it everywhere if you're eating out. Like like salad dressing, like you said, it's hidden everywhere. Yeah. And so it's your body's just addicted to it, and it causes mm-hmm. those up and down crashes, which cause fatigue. That's stressful mm-hmm. also on the adrenal glands. Interesting. So now you've got it from, like, two pieces. <laughs> yeah, the blood just... sugar constantly going up and down is going to affect your sleep and, I would say, like, your overall health in general. Yeah. Um, but just that stressful blood sugar situation adds more fatigue to your adrenals. Yeah. Your body goes, oh, my gosh. She gave us all the sugar, and now she took it away. When am I going to eat again kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just stresses it out. The adrenals have to help break down the sugar, and then when it's gone – when you crash, the adrenals are freaking out that right. it's not running on sugar anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a vicious cycle. <laughs> Just get off the sugar if you can. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's important for people to, you know, like you said a minute ago, like moderation is key, you know. Yeah. And just do what you can. Like I see so many situations where I'm working with someone, I'm trying to give them health advice, and I kind of – you can start to see them like – just it's like very it feels like too much and they don't know what to do and I'm like no I'm just like throwing out lots of ideas so that you can pick the things that feel workable for you right you know so maybe you're listening and you're like oh I can switch out you know using honey instead yeah or we're I can about refined sugars getting off the refined sugars so yeah. yeah still sweeteners that your body knows how to break down mm-hmm. what to do with it yeah just use honey or something Right. Um, You know, and especially in this whole, like, sleep thing, you know, it's like just any little thing you can do, like avoiding carbohydrates at night, Mm -hmm. eating a little protein before bedtime. Um, What would be some other, like, I don't know, simple recommendations like that for people to help them sleep? For blood sugar or sleep? Um, I guess just sleep in general. Um, Definitely no screen time. Two hours before sleep. Which is so hard. Yeah. How many of us are returning our emails or scrolling social media before bed or something? That that keeps that left brain active mm. um, versus reading a book or something that's not. And, and it's specifically the left brain that's active of, of having to take all that information in. But it also activates the right brain as far as colors, like mm. the more creative side. The different colors when you're scrolling something and, you know, specifically versus an email is probably more left brain. 
but scrolling or watching a movie or a right. TV show, it's the screen changing and the colors coming at you and the different information keeps the brain active. So no screen time. That's so hard to do, but right. that simple thing has cured insomnia that people have been you know, on medications for. I've also find, found, and this is a little bit of a hard one, and it's a big pain for the whole family, shutting off your Wi-Fi at night. Mm. I truly believe, and there's a lot of information out there on electromagnetic frequencies and EMS, oh, yeah. keeping your body active, mm-hmm. keeping your brain active, that, that frequency wave in the air at night from the Wi-Fi, you know, and obviously if you're in an apartment complex or something, you might have neighbors, but, but it's not going to be the same as in your house. So shutting right. off your um, Wi-Fi. Some of my Lyme disease patients truly believe that keeping the Wi-Fi or being in a high Wi-Fi area, they've experienced kind of keep the bugs active. Like they're, they're agitated or irritated by this frequency. Wow. So turning it off relaxes their infections as they're fighting them and relaxes their system. Like it increases their pain to try to sleep with Wi-Fi. Wow. So that kind of calms the brain too. These are, you know, not easy things to do because guess what? You got to go turn your router back on in the morning mm-hmm. and people have gotten real... Um, clever with this. Like they get strips that they can just. Yeah. You know, I've got like my TV uh-huh. and computer, everything's like all on a power strip. So I yeah. can just like, boop. <laughs> exactly. But then you have to go turn it on. You can't just check your email first thing in the morning, which also. Which is a good thing too, right? Now they're saying like, hey, wake up, start your day before you get on your phone. and Because it causes anxiety and stress, which is also fatiguing. Mm. There's, there's a statistic that I read that Either 82 or 84% of heart attacks happen on a Monday morning. Wow. Because they probably are, you know, facing the week, getting on their phone, looking at the email, you know, all that stuff, Sunday night or Monday morning. Yeah. And I know how I feel on Monday morning. And you're like, how did I get this many (laughs) emails in two days? Like, it's stressful. So that's a huge one, just shutting it down, yeah, but then don't jump right into it in the morning, which which maybe turning your router off will delay you a couple minutes from having to do that yeah um again we're we're den animals so dark curtains dark you know the blackout curtains i think are hugely helpful Mm -hmm. if you have a hard time sleeping although if you go to bed early enough and you're sleeping your you know hours before the sun rises that's a great idea too right i also think um a patient actually told me about this waking up to the natural sun is super helpful. So they told me about an alarm clock. Have you heard of this or seen this? It's like a big bulb thing. <laughs> and about 45 minutes before it actually goes off, it starts to brighten like the sun in your room. Oh. And it kind of slowly comes on and like you can set it to birds chirping or water oh, running or something cool. that slowly wakes you up. And then all of a sudden it's really bright. Like not all of a sudden really it's gradual, but at right. the end it's really bright. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of waking up like you would naturally by nature. And what that does is the fact that it starts 45 minutes before you set your alarm for it to complete, be completed, is it, it doesn't pull you out of a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. How many times have you been pulled out of a deep sleep, like a deep dream, and then you're just exhausted for the day? Oh, yeah. Like you want to be pulled out of Actually, that kind of happened this morning. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was somewhere else dreaming, and then that crazy, horrible beep, beep, beep came off, right? Mm-hmm. Versus this... Almost like you're camping and the sun's coming yeah. out and you start hearing the birds afar and like we're supposed to, right? Back to mm-hmm. the primal primitive way we're supposed to function. Right. Um, when you get woken up in that deeper, you know, the, the circadian rhythms of the alpha beta waves of sleep, when you're way down here and you're, you're shocked awake, your body, your whole endocrine system is like, what just happened? And you're mm-hmm. exhausted versus... Okay, I hear the birds from afar. I'm coming up gradually. It's yeah. awesome. I definitely notice that when I wake up naturally, even when I wake up 20, 30 minutes before my alarm goes off, yes. but I've like woken up on my own, I just I feel better. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna get up. It's feel it's awesome. Because you're waking up way to, up here in this lighter sleep versus way deep. This you can find this on Amazon for yeah seventy bucks or something. Yeah, that sounds really really interesting. I think it's called like the sunlight alarm clock, or there's probably different ones. Yeah. Out there, oh, I'm but, sure there's like tons yeah. of them now. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's yeah. that's a good one. Um, I mentioned earlier we we have used melatonin, GABA, kava is another good one. Valerian root. All of these help sleep. Help the body kind of 
calm down, mm-hmm. calming the adrenals at night with natural methods, essential oils, um, some adrenal herbs that can calm things. Just, you know, finding out what the problem is, though. But if it's blood sugar, you know, that valerian root's not going to help. you got to balance right. that blood sugar. So right. really finding someone to work with and figuring out why am I not sleeping. You know, sometimes it's just something on your mind. Mm-hmm. I have mentioned in a previous podcast, we're the only country in the world that separates mind from body. So sometimes just writing down everything on your mind mm. on a little notepad, like everything yeah. that's stressing, like just getting it out, I'm going to deal with this tomorrow, can be enough to calm your yeah. adrenal glands. Definitely. Otherwise, you're fight or flight. What am I going to do tomorrow? Who do I have to call? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I'll actually keep a little like notepad and I have like a little light that I can, just like a little battery, battery power, powered thing. So if nice. I'm like laying there at night... And you like you'll just have this like one thing that you're thinking about, or I'm like planning for tomorrow, and I'm always thinking like m- several days in advance, and <laughs> I'm like fall asleep thinking about how I'm gonna introduce the podcast tomorrow, and, <laughs> but I'll actually like, get out my little notepad and just write it down, yeah. and then something about just like writing totally. it down. I'm like, okay, well in the morning I'll be able to look at that, and then I'll be able to determine like was it really important enough for me to sit yeah. there and think about for 40 minutes before I fell asleep? Um, but you're so right, like journaling <laughs> before bed. It out. Yeah. Just getting, a lot of people like to do a gratitude journal, but I'm more of what's on my mind. And, and sometimes instead of writing it, I will email it to myself. Mm. So I really don't forget it because, you know, I have to check the emails at some point in the morning, right? right. So yeah, oftentimes people wake up at night with something on their mind. Yeah, write it, get it out. But if you're waking up the same time every night in um, acupuncture, the certain organ meridians have certain alarm point times. Mm. So for example, the liver is between 1 and 3 a.m., and so it could mean a couple things. If you're waking up between 1 and 3 a.m., it could it could be a congestion with the liver. We need to do a cleanse. We need to look at something um, to detoxify the liver, to support the liver. But also in the acupuncture meridian is there's an emotion attached to each organ. Oh, wow. So, for example, the liver is related to anger. So sometimes, okay, you're waking up between 1 and 3, and I'll, I'll ask people, what's what's going on when you wake up? What are you thinking about? You know what, and let's talk through that. Is there some anger that needs to be released? Are you holding on to something? Mm-hmm. You know what? What else? What? What is this deeper about? And they're like, Oh yeah, I'm waking up thinking about this person or this incident, and yeah, that that brings me anger. Huge, huge wow. to work through. And sometimes just recognizing it or acknowledging it is enough. Other times they have to go work on it with somebody. We sometimes do flower essences in the office around certain emotions that can come up, like Bach flower type flower essences and things that can help clear emotions hmm. a bit. So that's kind of another thought of if, if it's every time and some patients tell me, Oh yeah, it's two thirty-seven. <laughs> like wow. every time I look at the clock, it's two thirty-seven. Wow, or whatever the number is. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, that means something. Let's dig deeper into yeah. this. Or it's at least a clue to yeah. help us, you know, take a little closer Absolutely. look at something. You know, I was remembering what you were saying about um, that the right brain is very like color oriented one of the things I've been doing at night to help me start like relaxing, because I will just be like constantly going right up until the moment I crash out, um, is watercoloring. Oh, nice. Like watercolor pencils, because you can do it in bed. Yeah. Because um, you just use the pencils and then you just need like one little cup of water and a little paintbrush. And But anyways, so it's I like super fun and colorful. But I just notice when I'm doing it, I just get super relaxed and my breathing gets really slow and deep. And so that tells me you're probably in your left brain all day long. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably in the intellectual, logical, and then finally you get into the creative side and your body's like, okay. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, so I just kind of wondered like, you know, that color aspect that's coming from it. Um, And I just like, I already like love colors and playing with colors and stuff anyways. But like for some reason at night when I'm watercoloring, it's just like this like crazy. It's probably meditative. Yeah, it's very meditative. Um, So I just wonder if like also the colors are like helping stimulate the right brain and it's like kind of like adding to that effect. I love Um, that. And then I also sleep with a sleep mask. It's like very. And if I can't find my sleep mask, I'll just grab a black (laughs) t-shirt. Because for whatever reason, like even just the tiniest bit of like light coming under the door or like, you know, if the moon is really bright coming through the window, just even a little bit of light. uh, I I can't quite fully relax. And then once I go completely black out, it's like my I just notice this like different thing. I'm like, oh. Your body's like, yeah. So you would um, probably not be able to use that sunlight 
<laughs> wake up time for the sun. I don't know if I'd get through the mask. Well, I don't know if my mask usually stays on all night. Oh, like it true. seems like I usually wake up and it's like on the floor or whatever. Um, Across the room. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's definitely very, very interesting to try. And I'm going to try to go to bed before midnight too because that's so interesting right. that one hour that you sleep before midnight is worth two hours of sleep after. Yes. I mean, that's insane. So yeah. you're saying it'd be better to like go to bed much earlier and wake up earlier mm-hmm. than going to bed later and sleeping in. Yep, exactly. Wow. Yep. You'll get more restful sleep. Yep. Kinda Very like cool. Go mm-hmm. to sleep when the sun comes down and when it comes up is the perfect. But of course, you know, we're living our lives where we're working 16, 18 hour days. Right. And that's just not worth it. Right. You know, I mean, that's just not going to work. Right. So you'd have to, You'd have to, it's a conscious effort to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, as much as technology has, I mean, given us so much, it's also like taken that circadian rhythm thing and turned it upside down because middle of the night, it can be as bright in my house as it is during the day. And that's another thing I try to pay attention to is like as minimal lights as I can have on in the evening. Like if I don't need the overhead light on, um, I actually have a Himalayan salt lamp like that on my bed. And so I'll try to just like, all right, I'm going to try to like shut off all the big lights and just have as much little bit of light as I need or whatever. Start kind of denning up, right? Yeah. Start feeling the evening. Yeah. Because simply having like all the lights on. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm up, I'm going. And I'm like, man, I got all this energy. I should be working right now. They also um, say don't exercise in the evening because that drives a little bit of adrenaline, right? Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of that energy high. Mm-hmm. Do it during the day. And a lot of people work out after work. Right. Or even after dinner. I mean, doing something light like going for a walk or something, but not like a high impact exercise that yeah. you're going to start getting that runner's high feeling on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one o'clock in the morning, you're like, I feel good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you don't know why. I do find that, like, doing some, like, yoga and stretching at night will do a lot. Or, like, if I'm laying there and I just really can't sleep, and I'll, like, get up and stretch a little bit and... Yeah, that's definitely more calming. Yeah, it's almost like the physical tension, like, creates mental tension or something. And then if I can relax or take a hot bath or... um, even just noticing, like, wow, I'm sitting here clenching my fists, or I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah. can start like having like this physical relaxation and physically trying to. There's also this uh, magnesium. Oh, yeah. Uh, like magnesium calm the drink. Natural calm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we um, have that in our office. That's. It relaxes your muscles, your mind, and your bowels. If you have too much <laughs> of it, you could have a loose stool. Problem. <laughs> not too much out. magnesium just enough um, but that's a great one that's one of our favorites yeah yeah, yeah but it's, it's interesting yummy. and i think that you know kind of compounded by the fact that so many of us are like living pretty sedentary lifestyles and yeah. you know like i think that there's a you know, like a, a mental aversion to things like yoga or exercise. Yeah. Like people just feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do yoga or I don't want to do this. Or, you know, people say things like I'm not flexible enough for yoga. Um, so I just try to always like qualify it with like any type of moving your body mm-hmm. counts. So you're just stretching. Don't call it yoga. Fine. You're just stretching. Yes. Or like you said, taking a walk. Um, yeah. I think that it is important that, like, especially if you've been really sedentary all day, yes. do some kind of movement or something before bed just so that your Absolutely. muscles aren't sitting there, like, quenched as yes. you're trying to relax. I just saw on the news the Dallas Cowboys were doing yoga. Oh, good. Their <laughs> practice. <laughs> like, it caught my eye. I was like, oh, wow. And, yeah, they, they were like, you don't have to be flexible. Like, <laughs> they were showing them, like, halfway move, doing a move, but... They're, and they're talking about how it counterbalances all the higher impact work that they mm-hmm. do to kind of, you know, stretch and relax the muscles. But yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah, it was a huge shift. I was like, that's awesome. Right. They were like on the field. It showed a clip of them on the field in uniform. That is so doing cool. Yoga. Well, and it's so <laughs> funny because, you know, like you think a lot about like yoga and flexibility, but from talking to a lot of the yoga teachers on our channel, they're like, well, it's not so much about flexibility as mobility. Mm. And so when you think about 
like a big bulky football player or, you know, somebody who's just like really ultra fit. A lot of times what they lose is mobility. Yeah. So like walk like this. Yeah. So like they don't have the full mobility of their shoulders or like maybe in their hips, like they're super strong in the legs, but they can't like do a squat correctly or whatever thing. Um, So I just thought it was really interesting that, you know, there can be uh, an inverse relationship sometimes between like flexibility and mobility and muscular strength. And yeah. like, so yoga is a great way to kind of get both of those things. Yeah. Um, but I do think for, cause I think there's probably a lot of people who may be listening to this and they're like, oh, well, I'm really active. I work out all the time. Yeah. That's not it. And it's like, well, the stretching is super right. important for also like keeping your mobility and, you know, helping, um, you know, helping your muscles to stay healthy. So they're not just getting like visibly bigger, but your right. body's actually still able to maintain all of the motions it's supposed to be able to do. Absolutely. Um, and definitely from that uh, point of muscular tension, you could be really active and in really great shape, but still have a lot of that muscular tension when you go to lay down at night. Yes. Um, that can be really remedied a lot by just some simple stretching or putting your legs up the wall is oh, another one I'll do one at that night. Brings down blood pressure and heart rate. Yes, absolutely. I recommend a lot of yoga for a lot of my patients that sit sedentary all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they just their body doesn't move. Right. Yeah, love it. So, Dr. Wards, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. We covered a lot of ground, and I think there's probably still room to even do another episode on chronic fatigue, which I feel like we didn't really get into as much. Um, So I just want to thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to our future programs. I also want to thank all of you for listening and tuning in to the Wellness Plus podcast. You can find video versions of these podcasts on wellnessplus.tv, along with a lot of other health and wellness videos. And if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Tanisha Wards, you can visit austinholisticdoctor.com. I want to thank all of you for being here, and I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Have a great day. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved.